Nope, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. You know why? Because this is the non-microwave truth. I am CL Whiteside, the little man that could, the little man that would, and this is brought to you by Time of Grace Ministry. If this is your first time tuning in, this is a podcast that's going to speak to you in a relatable language. We're going to examine truths. We're going to look at what culture says, what our society says, but we're going to examine and put that up against God's word. We're going to come at you with a biblical perspective. Now, let's get into our first world problem. Our first world problem question today is this. What do you think is the perfect length? What do you think is the perfect length for a podcast? Like, give me a range. Is it 15 minutes? Is it 20 minutes? Can you listen to podcasts that are an hour long? Now, when I was creating this podcast, I thought about all right, a car ride, a, a commute. So if you leave from home and you go to work or you go to the gym or you go to school, I'm thinking that should maybe take 20 minutes. So that's how long I wanted the podcast to be. Sometimes it goes a little longer. Sometimes it goes a little shorter. But give me the perfect length that you think for a podcast. Now, what I found hilarious is I asked one of my friends is, and he told me that he speeds up the podcast. So at the beginning of the podcast, I'm like, you know, we don't need to speed up the process. We don't need to nuke this. He literally does speed up the podcast, though. So I think he listens to it on like 1.25 or maybe even 1.5. And it's like, man, you, you really want your time like that. But but do you ever do something like that? And I just found that funny, too, because I'm like, I try not to talk too fast because my mom is always like, you talk too fast. I'm like, no, babe, you just listening too slow. I'm just kidding. I love you, mama. But what do you think is the perfect range for a podcast? Let me know. I would love to hear from you on Instagram or Twitter. Handle is Champion Life 23. And if you're on YouTube, drop it in the comments. What is the perfect range, perfect time range for a podcast? And this is our first world problem. It is dinner time. The title of our episode today is Fueling on Feelings. Fueling on Feelings. And I just want you to think about this. How many times do you find yourself saying, I don't feel like doing fill in the blank, and then you literally don't do it? How many times do you feel yourself doing that or say that to yourself? And I want you to think about when is the last time you say, you know, I don't feel like doing this, and you really didn't do it. Now, we're going to look at on this episode why it's so hard to be fueled by our feelings and reach our potential as human beings. And we're also going to look at, like, how do we override our feelings at times? Because that's something we definitely need to do. And more importantly, as Christians, what should we be fueled by anyway? Because feelings a lot of times, that ain't the answer. That's not the best gasoline to make us go and be committed and disciplined, especially to, to God and to what he wants us to do. Now, I thought about this a, a lot. Because the other day, my dad asked me, he said, do you feel like cutting the grass for me? He happens to own a rental property that's across the street from me. And what has happened now, I got to give you a little background, is I had a lawnmower at my rental property, but somebody kicked in the door and stole my lawnmower. So I don't have a lawnmower over there anymore. And instead of dragging my lawnmower all the way from my house to, to over there, I asked to borrow his because he lives in the vicinity. He lives in the area. Now, in the process of saying, hey, can I borrow your lawnmower? He'll ask me sometimes, like, do you feel like cutting the grass that happens to be across the street, the property that he owns? And it's like, no, I don't feel like doing this. The better question would be like, hey, can you do this? Because I will do it for him because of how many things he's done for me. It's like he scratches my back so much. He's massaging my back and I can't even scratch his back a little bit. So that's just kind of how, how I look at it. 
But it's one of those things that cutting grass is not like peaceful and relaxing. And I find so much joy in it. It's still work. But like I said, since he helps me out so much, it's like the least I can do. And I'm, I'm borrowing your lawnmower to do something that I need to do. So, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch your back type of thing. Now, there's also this misconception, too, that sometimes people would try to say to me because we're talking about overriding those feelings at times. Is people will say to me, you know, I just can't work out. I can't find the motivation. And then they'll try to use me as an example. Like everybody just can't be motivated like you. Everybody doesn't feel like working out like you because I get in there probably four or five times a week. And it's like, that's what you don't get. I don't feel like doing this most of the time. I just can force myself to do it. I can be disciplined. I can be committed to do it. Like if I said I'm going to do it, I'm going to find a way to get it done. But you know what else they don't realize is I really feel like eating whatever I want. I really feel like dressing however I want in my clothes fit in a certain way. So that's why I can override it and get to working out, even though I don't necessarily feel like it. Because so many times people are like, you just feel like working out all the time. Like, no, I actually don't. I just had a discipline and a commitment. Now, my discipline and commitment, it's not in each and everything. So I just think about the other day I had uh, my sister-in-law hit me up and was like, hey, do you feel like or could you later this week get on the grill and make some Italian sausages for me? And I'm like, no, I'm not committing. There's so many things that people ask me and I just don't commit because you know what? I don't know if I'll feel like doing it. And I give into my feelings at times, too. So I just want you to think about when is the last time you were able to override your feelings and why did you do that? And when is the last time you did not override your feelings? Because I know for me personally, I just don't commit to certain things because I know I might not feel like doing it. Now, there's something that we have to be careful with when we're fueled by our feelings, something that we have to be careful with. And I'm going to go to the scripture now. This is from Galatians 5 verse 17. And it's, it's talking about our, our flesh and it's talking about our feelings because feelings are very fleshy. They're a very fleshy thing, and that can be hostile towards God and what God wants us to do. So Galatians 5 verse 17 says this. It says, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. So the spirit wants good things for us. And it says the spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want, because we like to do whatever we want. And a lot of times we got to realize that it's hostile. It's tough to be the best version of you if you base it off of your feelings, because your feelings a lot of times are going to act on the flesh and the flesh is doing what is contrary to what the spirit, what God wants you to do, which is the absolute best for you. And a lot of times this is going to make us hostile to stepping out of our, our comfort zone. That can be in a physical domain. That can be in a, a spiritual domain. That can be in a in mental capacity. A lot of times we want to stay in our in our comfort zone. But growth happens outside of our comfort zone. So also, it's not going to help us either when we think about um, our, our culture and our society. And what I mean by that is when you watch TV, when you listen to certain music, when you listen or we desire to be entertained so much that activates the flesh that activates the flesh, which is contrary to the spirit. And that's why it's so easy to binge and watch a whole series on Netflix. That's why it's so easy to just want to sit and eat and drink because those are things uh, uh, of the flesh. And that's why it's so easy to listen to an album of all hot garbage because that activates the flesh. And the flesh is contrary to us, the spirit. And that's why we don't want to just act on our feelings in all cases. But I want you to think about what things are you putting in your in your life? What things are you allowing yourself to see or to absorb 
that actually are activating the flesh, which is activating our feelings and making us being feelings driven in the wrong way instead of being God willing, instead of being spirit driven. And this is the reason sometimes why we, we go off on people like we are ready to cuss somebody out. We are ready to tell somebody off. This is another reason why we're we're overreacting or overeating certain things is because we're reacting to the flesh. And this can be another reason why people make such crazy, quick decisions, because they are fueled by their feelings and they're not using the discernment that, that God has equipped us with. Now, how do you know when to act on your feelings? How do you know when to act on your feelings or how do we how do we distinguish between this? Romans 12, verse two, Romans 12, verse two tells us this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Well, how do you renew your mind? You renew your mind by getting in the scripture. You renew your mind by hearing the truths from God and being reminded of the promises from God. It says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. So we want to be able to test and improve sometimes when we get those feelings like, man, is this something from God or is this something from the from the earth? Is this something from the world? Is this something from our sinful flesh? We best can do that when we're actually in the word and we're hearing those good messages. We're hearing the truth and we're hearing about God's promises. So it's just something for us to think about. And on this episode of fueling on feelings, we got to look at our expectations and in a lot of cases, we need to change our expectations. Uh, Proverbs 26, verse 11, it reminds us that, man, we should learn from our mistakes or learn from mistakes of others. And if we don't, that's just foolishness. Proverbs 26, verse 11 tells us as a dog returns to its vomit. So fools repeat their folly, which is which is foolishness. How many times do we say, I don't feel like doing something. And then we literally don't do it. But then we think about why we didn't do it. And we like this was dumb. But then we go and do the exact same thing again. And we allow that door to keep opening and keep opening and keep opening instead of learning from our mistakes and doing something different. Another thing we got to realize, too, is that we have to expect to be challenged. We have to expect to be challenged. First Peter four, verse 12 and 13 tells us this. It says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you are going through as if something strange were happening to you. Like, it's not strange for you to be challenged. It's not strange for you to go through trials. So don't be shocked by it. Instead, be very glad for these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. So we got to re realize that these challenges allow us to be more like Christ and Christ equips us to get through these challenges. But at times when we go through stuff, we like, oh, I don't want to do it anymore. I don't feel like doing it. And it's like, this is this could be something good for you. This can be something that produces something. All right. Another thing, finding joy in those struggles. Usually we find we, we complain. We try to get rid of the, the struggles. We try to get rid of the obstacles, but let's find some joy in it. And I would encourage you, especially the next time you feel like being um, the next time you feel like acting on your feelings to go read James chapter one, read it slowly, slow down, wrestle with it. And if you feel like you're going with the feelings all the time, this is a great uh, chapter to read. And I'm just going to read James one verse two through four on what it says. It says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because, you know, that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Sometimes it's like we love to see people that are persevering. And we wonder, like, how did they get there? And it's like, 
because they considered it joy when they faced those trials. They didn't avoid those trials. It says, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. How do we become more mature? How do we become more complete? It's not ducking and dodging. It's being perseverant. It's allowing perseverance to do what it does and to finish that work in us, which is to make us mature, which is to make us complete. Another passage comes from Romans 5, verse 3 and 5. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance. Help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. So a lot of times when we go through certain things, it allows us to realize like, man, how good and how awesome God is in my life. His his grace is so real. He has gifted me with, with salvation and we can be confident in it and we can have a hope in it. And this hope will not lead us to disappointment for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So we're going to get on that a little bit later about how he equips us with the Holy Spirit. And one of the big things about being fueled by our feelings and changing our expectations is keeping hope but but what should we have hope in we should have hope in this galatians 6 verse 9 reminds us let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up if we don't give up we got a harvest now that harvest is always going to be a, a earthly treasure type of thing sometimes that can be a spiritual blessing that you're equipped with spiritual fruit that you can be equipped with so i don't want to try to make it seem like it's prosperity preaching if you do this the lord's going to give you a new house a new car sometimes he might but sometimes it's just a peace sometimes it's an understanding sometimes it's a completeness and it might not come through through earthly treasures and earthly things in, in every in every regard now the big thing that we really need to be fueled on really need to be filled with is the gospel be fueled off the gospel and when we look at the grace when we look at the mercy when we look at the opportunity when we look at the the hope that we have because of christ that fuels us so differently like when i was talking about um, cutting the grass and how like i don't feel like doing it it's a perspective to be like man i have a working and able body that can cut the grass. I have the health and the strength to do that. I actually have some grass to cut. Like that's a blessing to be able to have some type of land. It's a blessing to be able to do something for somebody else because of all the things that, that Christ has done for me. It's a blessing to be able to take care of God's creation. Like to give it a nice little manicure or a pedicure because God takes, a care, God takes care of me in every way. Like that's a blessing to be able to do that. And that's perspective. That's being fueled off the, the gospel. When I think about the example of working out, we get to work out. We get to use our arms and our legs. We get to realize and see like, man, my body is a temple. And since this is a temple that God has equipped me with, I want to do the best that I possibly can with it. It's not my body just to do any and everything with it. It's to, to glorify and to 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 show love through Christ in, in a different avenue in a way. Something else that we, we talk about sometimes, like, I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't feel like going to church. I don't feel like praising and worshiping God. But when you think about this, this is one of those things that God gives us to communicate with him. He gives to us an opportunity to, to love him. And a lot of times if we just studied and we just looked at it, we would be amazed and we would end up worshiping like, man, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy, like how good and how awesome and how perfect my God is. You, you'll be dumbfounded a lot of times if we actually 
explored that path like like we should. And when we think about this, we can prioritize loving God. We can prioritize worshiping God versus doing things of this world. And we don't need to act like the world. But that's being fueled by by the gospel and, and not by our feelings. Now, um, to kind of wrap this episode up and, and to bring it home, I think that we have to just look at Jesus, of course, because I think there's this false sense of how Jesus was with his feelings and like Jesus didn't have any feelings and Jesus was just like a robot. But I just want to bring some things to your attention about how he dealt with his feelings and things that we can learn from Jesus and his feelings. So this is coming from Luke chapter 22. This is when Jesus prays on the Mount of Olives. And this is when Jesus knew he was about to go through some tough, tough times. He knew he was about to die. He knew he was about to pay our debt, even though he didn't deserve it. It says Jesus went out as usual on the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation. Now, that's something for us to take to heart right there. Pray. Prayer helps us understand prayer, makes sure that we're not just being fueled by our feelings, especially feelings of the flesh that are contrary to, to God. It goes on to say Jesus withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. So I think sometimes people forget that Jesus asked, like, is there a different way that this possibly can be done? Can you take this cup from me? But only if it's your will. And we know that the father said, no, this is my will. This is what you're going to have to do. And sometimes when we pray to God, we ask for certain things and God doesn't answer us in the way that we want. We have to remember it's about his will. This is the exact same thing that our Lord and Savior went through and he experienced too. Sometimes it's like when we don't get our prayers answered, we're like, God doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. When literally Jesus does understand, he does get it. But look at how the father responds. And this is what he can do for us as well. It says an angel from heaven appeared to Jesus and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. So he got strengthened, but he got in prayer more. A lot of times when we don't get our prayers answered, we stop. We turn to the bottle. We turn to drugs. We turn to sex. We turn to so many things of this world. Look at what he does. He turns back to the father and he continues to pray. He prayed more earnestly and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and he went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. That's probably how I am a lot of times. Get too sleepy, get too get too in my feelings, get too much in my chest. And, and I probably would have been just like the disciples sleep. And Jesus says to, says to them, why are you sleeping? Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. Prayer is so key. The communication that we can have with the spirit and how God can allow us to, to be strengthened. He might send an angel. He might send different people there to strengthen us and to surround us with his truths and remind us of his promises that he's given each and every one of us. Now, I just want to just think about how you would have felt if you went through some of the things that Jesus went through. This is the life and the love of Christ. It's just it's like stupefying. It's so remarkable to think about some of the things that he experienced and how he possibly how you or I would have possibly felt in these situations. None of this feels good, by the way. I don't think it feels good. Look at John 11, verse 35. It says Jesus wept. That's an emotion. That's a feeling. Why did he weep? Because one of his best friends had just died. One of his best friends had just died. So he, he wept. Now, I'm just going to read through a bunch of different things that Jesus went through and just think about how you would have felt in these moments. He was betrayed by Judas. So that means he was betrayed by one of his closest friends. He was denied by Peter. Denied that like he I don't even know, dude. 
one of his closest friends. Think about if you were denied and all alone. He was mocked. He was beaten. He had nails driven into his hands. He was spit on. He was struck in the face. He had a crown of thorns put on his head. Think about how painful that is. He was whipped. He was crucified and he was punished for every single sin. So just think about what did he feel in those moments? What would you have felt in those moments? I know I probably would have been like, stop, quit. I give up. I'm done. I'm done. But that's not what Jesus did. And it's like, why could he do this? Why could Jesus do this? Because he was love driven. He was our perfect atoning sacrifice. And this is why we are equipped to do this. And I'm going to read this to you to, to wrap this up. I want you to listen to why we don't need to be feeling on feelings that are contrary to, to God's will. This comes from 1 John chapter 4, starting at verse 13. It says, this is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us his spirit. We talked about that earlier about Jesus or, or God equipping us with, with the spirit. And what we got to realize is we can do more than we imagine because of God, because of God. That power, that, that's something that works within us. It tells us right here. He gives us his spirit. It goes on to say, and we have seen and testified that the father has sent his son to be the savior of the world. If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Let's be fueled by the gospel. We have so many different things that we are tempted to be fueled by in this world. We're tempted to be fueled by our feelings. We're tempted to be fueled by the, the world's truths. We as Christians can be fueled by the gospel. And when we think about the gospel, we think about all the things that God has done for us that we never, ever could do. We never, ever could repay, repay him. It's not like you scratch my back, I scratch your, your, scratch your back. It's literally his unconditional love. And when we think about his unconditional love, when we, when we meditate on that, when we realize that he has equipped us with the spirit of God, we can do some amazing things. We can do some amazing things. And that's proof because Jesus did so many amazing things for us. Let's be fueled by the gospel. And this is the non-microwave truth. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Fueling on Feelings. Peace punch, Captain Crunch. Say no to drugs and yes to Jesus. I am out.